F. Looking out a dirty old window. Outside the cars in the city go rushing by. I sit here alone and I wonder why. Friday night and everyone's moving. I can feel the heat, but it's soothing heading down. I search for Hello, this is Minute 12 of As If, the podcast about Clueless, where we talk about Clueless minute by minute. I'm Joel Torres, your host. And with me today is Spencer Seams. Hey, I'm here. And Sarah Roberts. Hi. I'd like to add it again, no relation to Eric Roberts of A Talking Cat. This minute begins with Cher and Dion walking through Contempo Casual, talking about their grades and how they can't fix them. Wait, wait. And, is Contempo mm-hmm. Casual name the store? Yep. Yes. Oh, I thought he was saying that as like a slang for a style. No. Oh. It was a real store. And it, it ends with a shot of Miss Guy's shoes and stockings with runs in them. So, yes, let's go back to that. Contempo Casual is one of those stores that it doesn't exist anymore, right? No, I don't think it does. If it did, it would be like just one here or there. But it used to be a chain huh. store that you'd see in malls in California. I don't know if it was national. National? National. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, did it ever sh- reach the East Coast? I don't know. Like, I imagine, like, maybe, New- I can imagine, like, New York or Philly or, like, a big city have one, possibly. Yeah, whoever there was a big enough mall, I'm sure. I mean, it was, like, a basically a mall-exclusive store, oh. wasn't it? I only saw it in malls, mm. um, but I wasn't very, I was probably, like, 13 um, when this movie came out. I don't know, what year was that? Did we decide? 95. 1995. I was four. Um, oh, my oh, gosh. Oh, so you know all about it. We <laughs> were 14. We were 14. Mm-hmm. Um, and they basically tore down our mall in the town that's uh, biggest around here that we were close to. Mm-hmm. And then when they rebuilt it, Contempo wasn't in there anymore. So oh. it was Contempo for short. Huh. <laughs> and I, it made me think they didn't shop there in the movie because they called it Contempo Casual all the time. Oh, it must be some other place. Yeah, when they rebrand, they got to take out the excess words, or excess words, that is. So I like the conversation that Dion and Cher are having, and that's because we get to see Cher just throwing out that vocabulary. Throwing out, you know, she says, scholastic aptitude, brutally rebuffed. Yeah, huh. that's where I wrote the note. She talks like Rod Serling. Rod Serling. Yeah, it's a very, like, <laughs> if you watch The Twilight Zone, his intros are full of this big words that people don't use in normal in normal everyday life. And mm. sometimes her dialogue reminds her, like, Serling dialogue. But you can actually understand what she's trying to say. Her scholastic aptitude was re- brutally rebuffed. Uh, nothing like that. Every once in a while, some gigantic word comes out of my mouth, and I feel really weird. <laughs> like, that's not a normal thing to say. It's because it's completely out of context. Automatopoeia! What? I, I, I said I want pizza for dinner. And this is this, uh-huh. as you alluded to last minute, Sarah, is where... They're walking through the store, and Dion goes around a rack. Cher goes off screen, and when she pops back on screen, she is wearing an enormous Blossom hat. And by Uh Blossom, I mean the TV show Blossom. Yep. It was a big hat with flowers on it. Like, what? 
it, that shot's really awesome. Mm-hmm. If for like comedic value, <laughs> <laughs> she just pops in with this gigantic hat on it's, yeah. and this look of astonishment because she just like realized what she needs to do. Yeah. And what does she have to do exactly? Uh, something, something <laughs> about Mister Hall. Something about something about he. Uh, oh, he might be lonely. Uh, maybe they want to get him a friend or something like that, right? Yeah, like a special friend to uh, spend yeah. nights with in a bed. Yeah, <laughs> gotta make yeah. Mister Hall sublimely happy. Yeah, she wants to get her teacher laid. You know, normal teenager stuff. Well, when she <laughs> when she says the words <laughs> boink fest in a voiceover. We're we're seeing a shot of Mr. Hall uh, just walking down the path, like those kind of like stock news footage that they show of just people walking by themselves or or the person interviewing them, but we don't actually hear what they're saying. Yeah, yeah. And they're playing like this Dixieland jazz music, which I can only assume is like a, a Woody Allen kind of like throw back or something like that. Or maybe a reference to Manhattan, the movie oh, that he's in. Oh, maybe. Michael Bay. Michael Bay's Manhattan. No. No. Oh. There's music like that in more than one part, I think, of this movie. Oh, really? I only know about this minute, but mm. I think there's music like this in other parts well, as well. We're going to have to wait. Whoever's in charge of the other minutes with that music, I demand to hear it represented, mm. pointed out. So. But we're talking, yes. So, uh, when was the last time you told somebody they need a good, healthy boink fest, Spencer? Uh, yesterday. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's the normal thing I tell people. <laughs> Out of that store, and the cashier was kind of mad, like, yo, God, you gotta have a boink fest. Chill you out. <laughs> it's so stupid. It's so stupid. <laughs> and she says he's 47, but he looks 57. Uh, Wallace Shawn has always looked 57. I don't know how old he is. Like, he looks, et- to me, he looks eternally, like, 55, 60-ish. <laughs> He's looked the same, though, since then, basically. I mean, he looks... And the last time I saw him, he did look older. Like, he was in a, one of those Criterion videos where uh-huh. they allow people to go into the Criterion closet and pick out movies and talk about yeah. them with the guy he did dinner with Andre with. Uh-huh. And he looked older there, but not like... That was a good one. We've been seeing him look older since Princess Bride. Uh, Inconceivable. Know, yeah. <laughs> And, like, Sarah watched Gossip Girl, and I caught a couple of episodes of that. Don't tell people he, that. Uh, Wait, he's on Gossip Girl? Somebody we don't know watched Gossip Girl. Yes. Yes, he is. Yeah. Huh. He has a... I mean, he's not, like, one of the main is characters. Is he a grandfather in it? No. A teacher? No. A psychologist? I think he's yeah. a lawyer, and that... Well, he's yeah. the most adorable lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's like an enforcer in The Good Wife. <laughs> what? Oh, yeah, he cracks down in The Good Wife. I forgot about that. Hmm. Anyways, this isn't the Wallace Shawn cast. It should be. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I think so now. <laughs> That's for it sure. Sounds like a good project. The end of this, after we see this voiceover where we're talking about the Boink Fest, is we see... Uh, we Oh, no, there is one more shot before the end uh-huh. where we go through the teacher's lounge. Yeah. And we get to see a bunch of different teachers who mm-hmm. mostly don't have any parts. I'm talking about All the math teachers are married. But they're I trolls, really like so they're ugly. <laughs> Evil trolls, exactly. And then the gym teachers, I guess they're gay. Is that what you're trying to say with that? Yeah, same-sex oriented. That blatant advertisement is so funny. <laughs> she just she She's sees like, the Ooh, candy bar. Snickers. <laughs> oh, yeah. But I like that 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 really weird 
that weird moment where it's like she sees the Snickers even though yeah. <laughs> it's impossible for these Snickers. Yeah. Great trip. I mean, I can relate to that. I've definitely been like, I am so mad about, oh my god, there's that Kit Kat bar. But, but it's like she has the ability to cast her consciousness and see other other parts of the world she, where she's not there. Unless she was there in the teacher's lounge. Yeah, she's in the uh, astral realm. I thought she was in the teacher's lounge. I mean, it's it's POV. It was kind of yeah. like... To me, I thought it was POV and like this uh, a meta joke where like she sees Snickers and gets hungry. <laughs> <laughs> in the astro flame or whatever. Oh, maybe, maybe yeah. she can only uh, go disembodied like that when she hasn't had a proper lunch or something like that. Oh, and that's yeah, why maybe. she, yeah. Mm-hmm. But later on, she mentions that she ate too much in another minute, had five peanut butter M&Ms. So I think <laughs> candy is really her kryptonite. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Snickers are real good though. So, uh, well, Reese's cups are the best. Is it like is calling the teacher the P teacher same sex oriented? Is that like trying to be P like trying to be like quote unquote PC or that's just a joke? It's as PC as the nineties get. Like were they trying to get around like not being offensive or I don't know. Like it's a well, it's a yeah. weird line to me. At no point in and until like the two thousands almost like maybe the mid two thousands was it mm-hmm. appropriate. For a character in a movie that would be aimed towards a younger audience mm-hmm. to have like anyone actually be like, oh, that person's gay. Uh, you know, you can't say that, I feel like. So you have to heavily, heavily, subtly hint at it? Say, yeah, I mean, that's not very subtle. She's same-sex oriented. Yeah. I mean, that, that really means only one thing. In my opinion, <laughs> it's like she... She has this specific way of talking, and it's mm-hmm. kind of lyrical. Like, it's kind of... She she jumps around and says things kind of backwards sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, like, her... It's supposed to be, like, her lingo. So mm-hmm. I just thought that line was another way of her trying to say something in a different way than everybody else did. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I, I guess I hadn't thought about whether or not it was politically correct. Like, I'm not I, trying to say, like, political correct is bad. That's kind of a weird line to me. It is, yeah. Like, it really is, totally doesn't feel right. Like, with, I don't know. This, well, she, to me, it's just I mean, an she, odd moment. She likes using, you know, she she's not simple about her language when she's describing things, and I yeah. think that goes along with it. She could have just said... You know, well, obviously Miss Miss uh, Stoger is out mm-hmm. because she's gay. She hates men. But blah, blah, blah. But instead she says, the grand tradition of PE teachers, Miss Stoger, mm-hmm. seem to be same-sex oriented. I mean, that's that's it's practically a, poetic. Yeah. It's a stereotype, though, at the same time. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I, I don't, don't know. Well, isn't this Fogger movie kind of about, like, playing the Valley Girl stereotype? Yeah. That's true. Yeah. And there's, like, the grunge stereotype with Josh, I guess. <laughs> Well, he's he's like the or is he uh, like a generic like college kid who's now he's the college kid. <sighs> I don't think he's supposed to be that grunge. I think <clears throat> it's stupid, but I think that what's his face the other guy's gr- the, grunge. The skater is supposed Meyer. to be more grunge. Yeah, he's more grunge. He's Even more annoying t- than grunge. <laughs> yeah, that whole clique that they had, the stoners or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. it seemed like skater bros. It seemed like that was wrong. Like not. 
Not that it was offensive or anything, uh-huh. but that it wasn't it, accurate there, to what they there weren't were. a group of kids like that, really. Uh-huh. Um, Maybe there were in Santa Monica. That were super into, like, the Grateful Dead in the 90s. Okay, you're absolutely right. I didn't realize <laughs> that, that was brought up. Hmm. That is completely not a thing. I knew mean, some know. kids like the Grateful Dead. But, well, really? So, this scene, like you said, is first person, like, first, style yeah. going through, like, uh, the Sean Goodfellas going through the restaurant here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Eventually, it ends on Miss Guy's table, where she is drinking a enormous cup of, I don't know, tea or something like that, wearing a weird-looking oversized sweater. Mm-hmm. She, like, gets something, and she spills on herself, doesn't she? Like, right when we're watching her. Yeah, they went over the top on trying to make her look bad. <laughs> she has cool yeah. glasses. Like the frames. Yeah. I guess they're cool now. They're Dorcas back then. Yeah. <laughs> the, the Dork glasses. But from there we transition to a shot of her feet and the camera is panning up. Like, we're, we're going to take in this woman and see exactly what she's all about. Because Cher... Mm -hmm. needs to analyze her to to make sure that this could work, that Mr. Hall and her could be an item. And she's got pieces of chalk on the ground. She's wearing shoes that are too big for her. Her slip (laughs) is showing. Yep, slip is showing at the bottom of the dress. That's that's when the minute ends, but it's, uh, yeah, we're just, this guy is just the disaster, and we've got to to see it all. Or something like that. Anything else stand out about that you guys want to talk about? Um, there's a great line when Cher narration said, Our school is a major babe drought. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I feel like most high schools have that, at least in my experience. Yeah, perfectly normal. Yeah. If there was some super attractive teacher in there, how was she going to set him up with Mr. Hall? I don't <laughs> Well, Swallow Sean, he's charming. I mean, that's right. He's a sexual dynamo. I forgot. <laughs> Yeah, uh, as Steve Say- Steve Sadak on Hate Movie said, he's a he's a human Muppet. <laughs> <laughs> he really is. Look at him; he's adorable. Welcome to the Muppet Show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good stuff. Yeah. So pretty short minute for us. Um, you know, the the first person shot the the hat. There there are some highlights to yeah. this minute. It's a very enjoyable minute. I recommend mm-hmm. that you watch this minute by itself. <laughs> yeah, this is another moment where the movie could turn very, very dark with this, like, with the horror reveal. If she's going to get her teacher laid, like, that's just, it's another weird element of, like, oh, this movie, in the, and if by now the director would be a very, very different movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe it's just because I, I like Emma. Like, I feel like they really threw in these, um, things for comedy, like, we need to get him laid. Like, in the movie, when she's setting someone up, in the movie for Emma, not, um, mm-hmm. Clueless. The Gwyneth Paltrow movie. Yeah, it's like, and in that period, that story was about her basically arranging a couple and arranging a mm-hmm. marriage. So, I feel like they, it is, it is weird that they do it, but I feel like... <laughs> I feel like they were just trying to spice it up or something, or make it seem more contemporary. Is that the movie that, that Palstrom won an Oscar for? No, that was Shakespeare in Love, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was Shakespeare in Love. 
So let's wrap this guy up again here. Uh, Spencer, throw out those plugs that you got. Summon Life Fight. I write reviews of old TV shows, Twilight Zone, What's Up Beyond, Culture Tonight Stalker, stuff like that. Read it if you're interested. Uh, Rhymes with Nerdy. I do a monthly, monthly column called This Seems Interesting where I uh, took like a take a look at stuff from history that people don't care about. Sarah, be concise. What do we got? Okay. We host a podcast called Please Don't Send Me Into Outer Space that explores the realm of sci-fi and fantasy movies. Um, and we also have another guy who hosts with us named Aaron Cornelius. And um, we watch a lot of really cool movies. Some of them are a little bit less cool than others, but some of them are entertaining. Um, the best episode is episode 12, Doppelganger. We're on iTunes, we're on Stitcher, anything you want to find us on, we're there. So, <laughs> I think that uh, wraps it up for our time here, our five episodes. Uh, thank you guys very much for joining me in this. Oh, you're welcome. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> so make sure to tune in next week, listener, for Minute 13 with a new host and new group. Uh, I'm sure they'll make it work. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, well, thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of As If, the podcast all about Clueless. It is produced and edited by Darren Husted. Executive produced and hosted by Joel Torres with my guests Spencer Seams and Sarah Roberts. Follow us on Facebook at As If The Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at As If underscore podcast. And follow us on Instagram, As If Podcast. Subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Shout Engine, or the podcasting app of your choice. Please rate and review if you enjoy. Clueless is owned by Paramount Pictures. No infringement is intended. All rights reserved. Copyright 2016.